evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the beautiful game network at BGN.FM and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're recapping a very big win over Charleston. We're going to be talking to uh, the man of the month, I think, last month, Ben Mines. We're going to dive back into an ex-Red Bull 2 report. We're going to preview the game against the Richmond Kickers this coming weekend. And we're going to do our, our our thoughts about some other things happening around the USL uh, news roundup. We've got questions. Uh, there's a stadium that, that might be getting built. There's a lot to talk about, guys. And with me tonight to talk about it, I've got Anthony Merced of NYC Soccer World. How are you doing, Anthony? Oh, I'm doing great. Oh, that was a great buildup. <laughs> I, I was going to do the New Day intro, but I was kind of like, uh... By the way, happy WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, that's something that I didn't know was happening this weekend. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, they I know. They the Superdome. It's a lot more people than were at this last Red Bull 2 game. That's true, but attendance is up 22%, I think, from last season. Nope. So, hey, you know, you get some, you win some, you lose some. Uh, yeah. let's, let's talk about this game, though. Uh, four different people score goals. Ben Mines, who's our guest tonight. Brian White. Andrew Tenari uh, and Amando Moreno gets a, a brace. The offense was flying. I thought they looked good in the second half after some uh, initial problems in the first half. But we're still seeing some problems out of the defense, even if I think they looked a lot better returning to the four-man back line. Anthony, what did you see from the Red Bulls that you liked? What did you see that you didn't like? Uh, this team looks great moving forward. They always have. Uh, especially this year where you've got you've got so much speed and youth moving forward with Moreno and Mines and White. It leaves something. I know that they scored five goals, but there's still something to be said about finishing a bit up, up front. Mm-hmm. The issue for this team is going to be defense. When they start playing teams that know how to let these kids run around and tire themselves out when they know how to catch them on the counter. Two years ago... Charleston was a team that knew how to do that in 2016. Uh, in 2018, it doesn't look like, look like they know how to do anything right at all. Um, they, it looked like they were pretty much bowling pins. They stood there the whole time, and, and the Red Bulls kind of ran circles around them. With that said, the defense, when even lightly challenged, was completely chaotic, and that it, it's a continuation of what we saw last year. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that to a point. I think where they're really struggling this year is, for some reason, moving the ball out of the back. They're hesitating a lot, and they're getting caught in possession if they're being challenged. And obviously, that's going to be problematic because then you're immediately putting everyone under pressure. Whether or not they're in position, it, it just becomes a mess. Um, what I liked from this match is going back to that four-man back line and moving to three in the midfield. I thought Christian Caceres uh, in his debut looked pretty good, although he had a similar problem with with hesitating and getting caught, and I believe that led to one of the goals. Um, Andrew Tenari leading the line is... I, I am just completely shocked. I did not expect him to be able to play that role. I think he's done a terrific job. He's been very tidy with the ball, Obviously, clinical in front of goal, which is a huge surprise. And it's all kind of rocking and rolling in in terms of the offense. Where I get concerned is uh, the slow start that they had. 
I think that throughout the first half, even though they controlled the match, there were so many times where, you know, we were watching John just wring his hands and yell because they're just holding the ball forever and waiting for things to happen. When you're in a high energy team like the Red Bulls, you really got to make yourself or well not yourself but you have to uh, impose your will on the match and that's when they're most successful they showed that in the second half um, but they really have to do that from the opening whistle and they had the same problem against toronto fc i assume they probably had the same tr- uh, problem against atlanta but uh, even the released footage of that game is unwatchable yeah well the the problem is going to be when you and, and, and this is going to be happening more and more specifically with the independent USL teams that are much older, much more experienced. They're going to be able to boss the game around from an intimidation standpoint. Mm-hmm. And how does this team respond? A young team responds by scoring goals and gaining a little bit of confidence. But when an older guy is standing in front of a younger guy and you try to get around him and you hit him and you fall over because he's a, he's a freaking wall, um, that's going to take something out of your confidence. Sure. And this team is going to have to learn how to have that confidence from the first minute on. That's going to be the big key for them, especially as we get later in the year, and especially when you get into the USL playoffs, because that's going to define their season. Uh, I fully agree with that assessment. And I think we saw a little bit of that. If If Charleston was a little bit better on the ball, I think uh, this could have been a a shootout type of game uh, similar to what we saw against Orlando City uh, at the end of last season. Where was that? Six to five. Um, That was an insane game that honestly, this game could have turned into that. There were times where Charleston, I mean, they had opportunities, uh, but they it was like they kind of wanted to pass the ball into the net at times. And maybe that's a product of of not necessarily having a striker. Uh, in, in terms of what they've had for the past couple of years, Ian Svansson, I think that's how you say his name, was atrocious. Not bad, atrocious. His He was good at being big. <laughs> I'll give him that. Other than that, his touch was awful. His shot was awful. He just did not know what to do with the ball. And, you know, there was even a moment in the match where I don't remember who the defender was, but they passed the ball up to him. Uh, he's he's wide open on the right side of the box, and he winds up this big shot, and it's it ends up being this like trickle to to Loro, and the defender uh, quite vocally <laughs> screamed WTF, uh, but did not abbreviate as I just did, <laughs> and surely the whole stadium heard it. Everyone in the press box did, and definitely the people on the bench. But if your if your defenders are yelling that at your forwards, you know that things are bad. Okay, let's let's talk man of the match. Uh, who do you got? Oh, goodness. Um, I'm going to go with Tanari, but honestly, you can name any of those goal scorers as being the best in the match. Definitely. Tanari had a goal and an assist. He looked fantastic. Um, I'm going to give mine to Brian White for the goal and the two assists. I thought he did a great job of stretching the back line and keeping control. Still needs to work on his finishing. I'm glad that he's now kind of getting on the ball. The board, even if uh, it was a penalty you scored from, but you know you you still got to put them in when you get the chances. A goal is a goal. Just talk to Brandon Allen about that one. That's exactly right. And right now, Andrew Tenari is leading the Red Bulls too with three goals in three games and an assist. So good work there, Andrew. Uh, we're we're definitely pulling for you. 
Okay, uh, let's move on to the X Red Bull Two report. I'm just gonna feed these to you. You can react however you'd like, Anthony. Um. <laughs> Should I react in um, non in uh, illegible terms like nah or Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you're watching fireworks. Okay. Ooh, ah. uh, Zika Lewis played 23 minutes in a 0-0 draw versus Barbados. Meh. <laughs> Rafa Diaz still not playing for uh, Sac Republic. Uh, he's basically slotted into the backup role there uh, in a 2-2 draw against uh, Rio Grande Valley. Aww. Oh, I forgot to look up Aldershot Town. I'll have to do that while we're doing this. Um, Tim, Sh- uh, sorry, No Powder started and played 90 in both games for Orange County SC this week. A one nothing win over uh, OKC Energy and the 5 nothing win <laughs> over the nine-man Roughnecks. Uh, oof, they were bad. Wow. <laughs> that was shit messing esque I loved it. Um Dan Metzger started and played 90 minutes in uh, Penn FC's 0-0 draw with the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. <laughs> this is going to be hard to find out if, if Tim Schmoll played in this match, by the way. Uh, they lost 2 nothing. Let's see if I can find out. No, Tim Schmoll does not appear to have seen the bench in, the, in this match. Uh, sorry, Tim. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at... Uh, the way that, that is laid out for me to read. Okay. Uh, oh. David Najem uh, started and played 90 minutes in a uh, one nothing loss to Louisville City. Junior Flemings also came off the bench in that match. I guess he wasn't that hurt from the week before and was able to put in 15 minutes. Boom, boom, boom. Wah, nice. Uh, Brandon Allen and Bethlehem Steele. Uh, he, he started and played 90 minutes in a one nothing loss to Nashville SC. Uh, that was a very ugly game. <laughs> Whoa, Frankenstein. Uh, Kyle Rainish uh, played in both matches for Fresno FC. The Foxes won both of those for their first two wins in USL. Uh, 2-1 over OKC Energy, who just had a bad week. And one nothing over Seattle Sounders FC 2. All right. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Zach Carroll uh, did not play in Reno uh, 1868 FC's loss, uh, one nothing to Phoenix Rising. <laughs> Last week, I claimed that Conrad Pleva was uh, playing for St. Louis. I'm wrong. He nope. signed for Salt Lake City, uh, so he's with the Monarchs, but did not make the bench uh, for their 4-2 win this weekend. <laughs> Speedy Williams came off the bench and gave 24 minutes in that uh, Louisville City FC win over Tampa Bay. Marius Obakop did not play for Lucifero Oradea of the Romanian Liga 2 in their 2-1 victory over Academica Klinks. I was close. I felt really good about how I said his team's name. I don't know that other one. Uh, Mike DeFonta started and played 90 minutes in Phoenix Rising's 1-0 win over, I just said it before, uh, Reno 1868. And our friend Aaron Basulovic. Uh, played two minutes in Fermat Amateurs uh, 0-0 draw with Vendishul FF Vendishul I said that wrong but Vendishul okay we're going to take a break now when we come back we're going to be speaking to Mr. Ben Mines so stick around
And we're back. We are joined now by uh, the the teenage phenom for the Red Bulls and the Red Bulls 2. It's Mr. Ben Mines. Hello, Ben. How you doing? Hey, guys. How you doing? I feel kind of silly calling you Mr. Uh, because you are so young. <laughs> uh <laughs> But uh, walk us through the last month. It's been kind of crazy. I know you got your first MLS start and goal. Uh, you've been playing with the two team now for a couple of games. How is that all going for you? Is this is this how you drew it up heading into the season? Uh, I mean, heading into the season, I kind of just uh, expected myself to be playing with uh, Red Bull 2 for most of the time. So, I mean, it's been pretty ex- expected, but, you know, getting to get that start with the first team and, you know, get on the bench against Minnesota as well was also, it was, it was really cool and it was really unexpected. So it's, uh, it's been a pretty good start to the year. Uh, when you see your name, you know, that opening game of the season, which obviously we're going to talk a lot about, when you, when you see your name on that sheet, is there, um, were you expecting it or was it a little bit of shock of saying, oh man, I'm, I'm going to play in the home opener for the New York Red Bulls? Um, I mean, the way I found out was, uh, I just said hi to Jesse one, one day and he, uh, he just told me you're going to start. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, I was, <laughs> I was excited, nervous and, you know, everything. So it was, uh, it's it pretty crazy going into it. But then once you get started, it all just phases out. What is that feeling? Uh, you're 17 years old. You step on the pitch at Red Bull arena, uh, Obvi- not packed stadium, but uh, <laughs> obviously a lot of people there. It's very loud. Uh, how did you manage your nerves through that? Um, I mean, I kind of, I was pretty nervous before the game, and um, Chris Armis kind of just pulled me aside before the game, and uh, he told me how he kind of dealt with it when he was a player, and it really helped him kind of just, you know, feed off of the energy of the stadium and embrace it all and not be afraid of it. Um, when you're, you know, you're, you're out there, you're on the field, that ball comes through to you, um, you have a shot, you have that shot that, that, and it goes into the back of the net. What What was the first thing that goes through your mind um, at that moment? Is it a surreal moment or is there someone or something in particular that you thought of? I mean, as as, it, as the ball came to me, I, was, I kind of just told myself, don't, don't screw this up. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, I, Luckily, it went in. So uh, my first—I mean, my first thought was—I—I I didn't know what to think. I was just lost for words. I kind of just uh, got lost in the moment of it. Regained my head, did my little celebration, and uh, you know, had a little fun with the team and went back at it. I guess. Okay, let let's rewind the clock a little bit. Uh, walk us through you coming up in the game. Uh, when did you start playing? When did you know that you kind of wanted to make this your career? Uh, I mean, I started playing when I was uh, about four years old. I had three older brothers who all played soccer. So it was, we all kind of played in the backyard together, kicked each other around, you know, beat each other up. And, uh, yeah, I kind of just fell in love with it from there. And I always I always loved watching soccer. You know, I've been a Chelsea fan since so I was like, five or six when they played uh. and uh yeah so you know just growing up around it watching it you, you kind of just it's it's your dream to be able to be out on the field and you know be a professional player and you know it's been dreaming of it for a while and to have it come true is just it's amazing it's unreal 
So uh, just because I, I, you know, I want to make myself and Joe Goldstein feel very old right now. Do you have any recollections at all of the Metro Stars? Oh God! <laughs> um, it's it's all right. It's really funny because there's um so there's a shop that opened up in our town once, and I remember one one Metro Star player. I forget who it was, but he was like there for the opening and or opening of the store. And that is really the only memory I have of Metro Stars. The rest is just Red Bulls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of insane to think about that, that there are players who have signed for the team that really don't remember the Metro Stars at all. We are so You didn't old. miss much, by the way, of bad jerseys. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah, yeah. There were some bad ones in there. Um <laughs> what being a teenager obviously having to continue your schooling through the year how do you balance you know playing in games playing in away games with homework and school um i mean i've been uh well i'm still uh in high school technically right now i've been doing online classes so it's uh it's pretty tough at times you know having hard practices with the first team it's and USL team it's it's draining of your energy and uh you just kind of need to find uh the motivation and the time to you know do, do your schoolwork which is it's tough at times but um i mean it's tedious work for you. i have to do it so yeah it's it's got to get done <laughs> all right dream scenario here 10 years from now you're 27 years old are you wearing a Real Madrid jersey? Are you wearing a Manchester United jersey? Are you wearing a Chelsea jersey? Where do you see yourself um, at 10 years from now when you're 27 years old? Uh, dream scenario, I mean, I'm not, I'm, not wearing, I'm not wearing Real Madrid jersey or a Manchester United jersey. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe it's in a Chelsea shirt. Maybe it's in a, maybe it's in a Barca shirt. I don't know. But uh, I'll just, just see wherever the game takes me, I guess. See, you could have said uh, you were entering your fourth DP contract with the Red Bulls, uh, but you, you blew it, Ben. I'm, I'm very sorry. <laughs> I don't know if it's blowing it to say you wanted to play for Barcelona. I know, I know. I kid, I kid. Uh, talk about uh, playing for, for John Walneck and obviously Jesse Marsh and kind of you know, coming into this system. Uh, what specifically are they working with you on and maybe what areas do you feel like you need the most attention uh, well, I mean, first, uh, John and Jesse are both amazing coaches. I mean, they both, you know, taking me in really helped me out. And same with the assistant coaches as well. They as well. They're all uh, they're all very supportive of me and you know trying to help me get better. Um, what they what they do for me is re- they really help me critique the small things in my game that uh, really need work. Just you know, like body positioning, first touch you know, kind of like cleaning up technique and reactions. Um, so I'm really kind of focused on that and, um, you know, just getting some of the basics right and then kind of moving into the stuff that will make me an even more advanced player. So, I mean, kind of just, uh, you know, starting from the bottom and building up and just taking it all in, I guess. So, um, you know, we live in an era now, um, especially with younger kids, where it's uh, there's so many metrics that, that everybody looks at. Do you pay attention to your stats at all? Um, and if you do, is there one in particular that you're, you know, that, that you're more focused on to help improve your game? Um, I mean, I do, I do take a look at stats, not just, you know, how many goals I score, assists, 
but kind of the smaller things as well, like how much uh, how much running I do, how much work I put in, uh, like kind of like my dribbles completed, passes. You know, I kind of want to not just look at the big picture of like, oh, how many goals did I score? Like, did I miss this chance? Did I score that? But uh, just kind of looking at my overall game and seeing how I did on the day and kind of comparing from week to week to make sure that I'm still progressing as a player. Last one before we head into the lightning round. Uh, earlier this year at Media Day, you were interviewed by Mark Vishkin. You made a prediction for the number of goals you were going to score this season. I don't remember exactly what it was. I believe it was more than 10, though. Can you... Uh, do you remember? <laughs> yeah, I think it was... I said uh, I definitely wanted to get into double digits. Um, and maybe around uh, 13, 14 goals. So... So I figure that's a, that's a pretty good number. Are but, uh, are we gonna are we gonna combine USL and MLS goals, or are you just gonna uh, focus on a particular league? Um, you know, I, th- I think we can combine them at the end, but probably aim to get at least thirteen goals in uh, USL. There you go. <laughs> hey, Lucky number thirteen. That first one in. There you go. <laughs> Lucky number thirteen. He said. So, uh, yeah, no confidence is a very good thing, Ben. Um, okay, we're going to head into the lightning round now. Uh, these are mostly ridiculous questions. You don't have to feel any pressure. Uh, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, popcorn. Yes or no? Yes. Star Trek or Star Wars? Uh, Star Trek, the old one. Old series. New, next generation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when it comes to uh, Jose, more Inyo or less Inyo? Uh, less. Yeah, less. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog or Super Mario? Super Mario. And Marvel or DC? Marvel. That's that's the easiest one. Yeah, I I think most people have been picking it that way. Uh, Okay, thank you so much, Ben, for coming on. We wish you nothing but the best of luck this coming weekend against the Kickers. And uh, we'll hopefully talk to you down the line. All right, thank you for having me. And when we come back, we're going to preview that game and talk about all the happenings in USL. Stick around. And we're back. We're going to preview the game this weekend against the Richmond Kickers. Red Bulls travel down to Richmond to face the 1-2-0 Kickers. They uh, defeated North Carolina FC last weekend 2-1, uh, but previously lost to Upstarts Indy 11, 1-0. And Bethlehem Steel 4-1 in the season opener. Their leading scorers are Oscar, Oscar Umar, Raul Gonzalez, and Yudai Imura. They each have one goal. Brian Shriver is leading the team with two assists. He is the only player to add assists. And those are the only three goals, by the way, that the kickers have scored. Um, Wait a minute. How can this be? All right. I'm going to have to look at it myself. (laughs) Uh, This is not a good team. I don't, however you slice it, Richmond is very poor this year. The game against Bethlehem, yes, they scored in that match, but it was a deflected shot and, uh, they were lucky to get it. It was against the run of play. They're just having a bad year. They're having 
two seasons in a row now that are yeah, I was say a bad year <laughs> that are are poor. You know, they have time to turn around the season, but uh, it's there's not really much that they offer. Anthony, am I missing something? Where's the threat on this team? What should Red Bull they be should wary of? Change their name because. They don't kick the ball all that much. <laughs> well, if they're a physical team, this still works. I, I uh, the Richmond Physicals. I suggested to um, the writer or the podcasters at the Beautiful Game Network that Romeo Parks should sign for Richmond because that would just be perfect, right? Yes. <laughs> you should have signed for Cincinnati, so you could have been on the field against Carl. We met. That would have been good, but for for Parks to be on the kickers, I think is perfect. Um, yeah. But yeah, th- there's nothing that I think Red Bull should fear from them. Uh, yet, you know, they've been able to give them a game on a ca- on occasion. They can, especially at home, lock down the defense and just kind of keep things tight and not give up much. But I don't really see that being an issue for for Red Bull. The way that they they move off the ball and pass moving forward. I think they've got enough that they can get a result here, but you know that those questions about the back line are going to linger. Now, if they've, yeah, if they've gone, these, yeah. oh, sorry, if they've gone back to the four man back line permanently, I think that that still helps settle things down and maybe just the repetition of the same line will help them kind of get over the hump of how they started the season. Uh, but I, I worry that they're going to go back to that five-man back line and the amount of time it will take for them to adjust to it. Yeah, if they have any apprehension um, at home to start games, you wonder how that's going to that's gonna be on the road. Uh, we have no idea because we did not watch that Atlanta game, so we do not know how they performed on the road. Um, but the – well, we know that they lost. But the they're, they're going to have to – figure out a way to kickstart their their offense or at least their game plan from the first whistle so and that's going to be a big deal especially on the road because we all know that road teams tend to be thrown off of their game somewhat especially in the usl yeah 100 percent um hopefully what we see from this team obviously yes they lost their first road match against atlanta but hopefully we see something uh, from them that is more in line with the two, 2016 uh, edition of this team where they're able to weather the storm and still surprise teams on the road. I think they have the talent level to do it, but you know, again, it's the back line where I worry the most. Um, okay. Let's get Talent's it. It's not the issue. Talent has never been the issue with this team. It's been, um, or at least the raw talent. It's always been, can you get them to be, um, to be disciplined in right. many different ways. And that's, Oh, that was where they fell apart last year. And that's where, um, they, they need to work on this year. A hundred percent. And, you know, I think we saw that sort of in on full display against Charleston, Hassan and Dom, uh, I've talked about in the past about how he has a tendency to wander and sometimes get caught in challenges that he's not going to win. And now he's out of position. We saw that against Charleston. We saw uh, Jordan Scarlett kind of get caught in two minds and take a while to uh, you know, play the ball on, and that that led to a number of chances. So playing a little bit quicker out of the back, and ha- one of those two guys has to step up and be the leader of the back line. Evan Loro is doing a great job, I think, being vocal this year, uh, and I think that was something we saw him grow into over the course of last season. 
But this year, one of those two guys has to step up and be the leader and control where everybody is. Uh, because without that, I think, you know, things fall apart. When you have a guy like uh, Aaron Long back there, it's a lot easier because he's doing those things and he's managing those things. And he's making players like Tim Schmoll and Zach Carroll, who have obviously been having difficulties getting on the field, look fantastic. So if you can get someone who can do that for the team, I think that will negate um, a lot of the problems they've had thus far. Yeah, let, let's see if uh, if it happens. I, I have some doubt as to whether or not uh, and um, or Scarlet can do that because they just have not been able to show it yet. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, John Walnut can can kind of make a leader out of one of them, or at the very least, Kevin Pollitz, who's who's sitting on the the That's bench true. for us. Um, yeah, because I think that he has those qualities about him. But it's just finding his voice at this level. Okay, let's get a prediction for this match. I'm predicting three one Red Bulls two. That is a good prediction. I think that I will. St- I'm going to say that this is a two nothing win. I don't think the kickers are going to offer much threat going forward. So this team has not. They had. Ha- they have right, yet this year. They have not yet. I feel like they're going to get it this weekend. So let's let's keep those fingers crossed. Um, okay, on to some happenings in and around the USL. I was very high on the Swope Park Rangers last week talking about how their offense was rocking and rolling. And we were talking about Carlton Belmar and everything that he was doing. And they came up against the Las Vegas lights and they got shut down. That was the most surprising result of the weekend for me. What did I just witness? How did, how did this happen? (laughs) How did the the lights suddenly figure out how to defend? See, what happened was the lights showed up with whiskey and llamas <laughs> and figured out how to, how to defend. Yeah. They calmed the game down because they were not in Vegas. This game wasn't in Vegas. Anyway. Yes, it was. Oh, it was in Vegas. It was okay. in Vegas. I guess it's hard to tell. I'm not used to all the baseball stadiums yet. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so they, they seem to finally have come up with some kind of defensive game plan. I don't know if um, Shalise is behind the bench on this one if, or if he's finally just a sporting director, but the, they might finally have a coach that teaches them defense here early in the season. Yeah, Shalise is not necessarily known for his great defensive displays. Um, yeah, I, I was totally blown away by how they performed in this match. Swope Park, I think has some soul searching to do because everything had been working for them. It's just, they were playing uh, bad teams. Uh, I don't know. We're going to see, but I, I like what we've seen from Las Vegas and yes, goal differential has them sitting further down, but they're tied at the top of the the West with seven points through their first three matches. So congrats guys. Congrats. Uh, The other, uh, not, I don't think this was surprising, but the other match that I think really told us a lot about both teams uh, Louisville City gets a one nothing draw against the Tampa Bay Rowdies, and Louisville looked the better one team. one nothing win. One nothing win. Then they looked the better team yes. throughout. Yeah, the uh, I, it's funny going into this year. I thought the Rowdies were the most improved, and I mean, look, they they started the season rather hot. So uh, you know, Louisville champions know how, know how to get it done. They they managed to trick them, but I, I still think that Tampa Bay is built to be the team that finishes first in the USL. 
even with Louisville basically stomping them at home. It could, and when I say stomp, obviously it's only a one nothing win. But I, I just did not see Tampa Bay look dangerous at all, which really surprised me considering how they started the year. Yeah, I mean, these things, have, you know, USL, uh, we see things out of the norm week to week. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's hard to tell. I, I remember, think, think about San Antonio last year how dominant they were and then their first loss seemed very random so there I, I you need a big sample size i i still just think that tampa bay is is a class team in the eastern conference this year especially with the talent that they have okay um let's move on to the monarchs they get another 4-2 win they look like they're ready to repeat and top the West. Uh, do you think that they're going to be able to do that? Do you think that there's a team maybe that might surprise them? Is Las Vegas that team? I think that Sacramento is the best team in the Western Conference. I've been watching a lot of Western Conference games and know that maybe not the results aren't there, but they look to be the most organized team in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, look, Vegas, God, do I wish, I hope Vegas wins. The, I, I do hope in my heart of hearts that Vegas wins the West simply because it'll be hilarious. And the, the antics that this team will probably pull along the way will be great. There'll be like, um, like the movie major league or, or necessary roughness or something like that. There'll be that kind of a team. But, uh, I, I think Sacramento is just way too good of a team this year and they'll get it together later in the campaign. Okay, I I would love for Las Vegas to be this year's Reno, where like they kind of surprise some teams and 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 stick around the top of the pack even if they don't win. Um, okay, uh, Orange County SC they started very slow last season. Uh, obviously, they had uh, a huge game disparity. I think it was like seven games at one point um, that they had not played uh, where other teams had and unable to make the playoffs. Is this the year? Are they are they for real? I think. They've upgraded in a number of positions. Uh, obviously, our good friend Noah Powder is now uh, on their back line and doing quite well. Um, can they can they make it to the playoffs this season? I think they can certainly make it to the playoffs this year. Um, teams like this, uh, California, the, the Texas teams as well, or the Southern California, Texas teams, uh, when you get to the summer mm-hmm. and you get to those really hot games, even though they start a majority of them start at 8 o'clock, you really see how good they are because they had to deal with such a major obstacle during their home games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that that's where Orange County is, is going to start dropping some points. And I just, I think they're overperforming, to be quite honest, at the moment. Okay. Same question for Atlanta United, too. Well, I don't know because I haven't seen anything of them because they're, that one game against Red Bull, too, didn't uh, They had, didn't they had another game this weekend. They, they tied Charlotte they Independence 2-2. Two to two. And... You know, not for nothing, Charlotte is a very good team. Uh, obviously, they kind of faded last year, but I mean, there's no denying that they have talent. So, what do you think? Is this a, a good sign or just a blip and we should just keep an eye out for now? I think it's a blip and we should keep an eye on it for now. I think Charlotte, it, um, if you're asking me about Atlanta, I think it's a blip. Charlotte, I think, is uh, poised to have a very good year. They're going to be moving into a new stadium as well. I don't know when, but I did see that they were planning on moving into a Memorial Stadium or whatever, Memorial Coliseum, whatever it is, um, in in Charlotte. So that should be good for their fans and for them. Okay. Uh, And final question. Who will be worse this season, the Tulsa Roughnecks or TFC2? 
normally I would say TFC two because there's no way a a two team that the mothership cares less about could do well, but man does Tulsa look bad. Oh man they do. <laughs> Tulsa Good lord. I mean I, I, I've seen some bad soccer teams. Look, I watched Minis- I watched Minnesota last year. Um, but you know, and Calvo, you're bad. Um, the, you know, I, I Tulsa is that bad. Tulsa is atrocious. They like, have the definition. Like you look them up in the dictionary and you see Tulsa. They have two goals through their three games. They actually look like they were going to win last weekend against the Monarchs before melting down and giving up two goals, essentially in stoppage time, uh, to lose three to two. Um, yeah, they are so bad. All right, uh, you guys out there who are listening, let us know who you think is going to be worse, Tulsa or Toronto FC2. We also don't know anything about the Fury yet. They've only played one match so far, uh, and they lost 4-1 to one to the Independents. So, I don't know. We could we could have a pretty big battle at the bottom. Uh, the they, three- had some games, uh, they had some games rescheduled because of yep. bad weather. Yep. Um, the four teams currently without points... North Carolina FC, Ottawa Fury FC, Toronto FC2, and Tulsa Roughnecks. Uh, so I guess it, it'll be maybe a, a sweepstakes if you could pick which team will get their win or point last. <laughs> um, okay, last but not least, uh, Dillon Stadium. Oh, no, we have uh, one more thing up there. Sorry. Uh, Dillon Stadium in Hartford. There's a framework for an agreement in place. It's going to be coming up uh, uh, for discussion before the Hartford City Council. Um, What do we think? Is the the deal going to be approved? And what team is going to be there? Anthony, give us the breakdown. So the the idea being is um, the Hartford Sports Group, I think it's HSG, um, wants to have a team in there in 2019. They want to be in there. They've been talking about it for quite some time. The team that will be there, it's hard to tell. There, I have heard rumors that maybe the NYCFC2 team would be in there, which would make sense because it's very close. Plus, NYCFC has played a game in Connecticut. Uh, but the, the, the other thing um, about it is that maybe it's going to be a team similar to Reno where uh, there's a different ownership group, but... NYCFC puts the coaching staff there, um, which is kind of where the the future, I think, of USL second division uh, minor league sides uh, are, are going to be. Okay, okay. Uh, and if they're in that stadium, do we think that they will be called NYCFC2 or, uh, and maybe this is too, too inside baseball, the 50 cents? The fifty says. I thought you were going to be a lot more witty than that and say like, "Is it going to be the whale?" Well, well, I mean that is a fantastic name, but uh, pretending to be from New York while being in Connecticut. Fifty. No, I think I know. I think that they should embrace being in Connecticut and call themselves the Hartford Whalers. That would be the best. I really do sincerely hope that they call themselves the Whalers. Uh, Which, okay. by the way, if anyone knows anything about mall rats, you take them to the cup with the offsides off. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, and maybe Anthony will introduce me to his mother. 
Well, you're the one talking about mall rats. Oh, <sighs> good one. I forgot about that part. Yes. Good job. Thank you. It's been a while. Uh, <laughs> Ed Ritter writes, uh, with the Duncan injury, do you think any two team defenders will get minutes with the first team? Uh, he believes Pollitz has played fullback. And yes, is on a first team contract. So do we think any two team players will be uh, filling in depth wise with the first team now that uh, Duncan is going to be out for an extended period of time? No, if they um, if they get past this Chivas team, there's only two games remaining and they'll find a way to balance it out with what they have already in the team. Well, yeah, but they'll also have open cup and um they well, wouldn't be playing it, Open but... Cup. Like, they, they would do exactly what they're doing now. They, op- open Cup isn't really going to be as much of an issue um, when, when, when it regards to, in regards to rotating the squad. And do you think we're going to see the return of Matt Alessande now that there's that open spot at right back and there's talk that Maria might be going in the summer? Well, it depends on how legitimate you think the Mario talks are, um, and also whether or not Kamar Lawrence is leaving at, at, at some point. True. Maybe. True. Although I think that they're going to be looking for more MLS ready, ready talent to come in and and take those spots more so than people who are uh, need some USL time. Okay, I think that's fair. Um, that brings us to the end of another episode of raising bulls you can follow us on <clears throat> excuse me you can follow us on twitter at underscore joe goldstein and i am at nyc soccer world and bill who hasn't been here in seemingly forever uh at bill t n j uh and you can follow the show He's on tour with metallica yeah <laughs> you can follow the show and we hope you do we are at raising bull that's one bull cast raising bull cast and of course as i said that's all on twitter we're on facebook.com slash raising bulls you can go to raising bulls.com you can find our podcast on itunes stitcher google play wherever you get your podcast from please find us rate us review us it means everything and it really does help we're part of the Beautiful Game Network at bgn.fm. They've got shows like the USL Show, which is an excellent league show. If you have not listened to it, please seek that out and give it a go. Uh, Mongols for the P- Pittsburgh Riverhounds, the Unused Substitute, St. Louis Soccer Report, Back Chat, Tornado Alley, etc., etc., etc. Um, and of course, we'd like to thank our po- our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Uh, and last but not least, uh, I am putting out another album. But this is a full album. It's on the EP this year. Uh, of, yes, that's right. It's uh, already up. Did for- I win the free uh, the free yeah, listen? It, it, you won the uh, the ego hit. Uh, challenge, I guess. <laughs> I yeah. put a contest up on Twitter looking for some retweets. Zero retweets. I got Anthony. And that was it. Zero. You had one. <laughs> it was me. Your biggest fan, Joe That's right. That's right. He's just, it's like one of those things where like uh, there's an auction and someone tries to like bid a little bit to get people interested. <laughs> That's the it, didn't, it didn't work. Yeah. I, I thought it would, but apparently I just won the auction. Yeah, yeah. No good. Neither of us has any Twitter karma, apparently. Um, but you can find it at iTunes, uh, Amazon, uh, Google Play. It's available for pre-order. It'll be out May 8th. So be on the lookout. It's Acoustic Boomerang Dusk. And that's it for myself, Joe Goldstein, Anthony Merced, and Ben Mines. Thank you very much, and have a great night.